back when I graduated from high school, in our yearbook, it was a small school, we could include senior quotes if we were members of the senior class. And this was the quote that one of my classmates included, a little poem. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. It's interesting that a a poem could be so cute and so utterly accusing at the same time. Because these naive, this naive robin and sparrow couldn't possibly fathom that human beings could have a heavenly father and either not be aware of him or not trust him, as it seems so easy, apparently, for the robin and the sparrow to do. And this is exactly where the disciples were in this story that we heard from the gospel, isn't it? As we saw their fear, their panic, their question to Jesus, and then eventually Jesus questioned them, why were you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? Jesus wants them to have faith. So when you think about the faith, and then what it's faith in. Faith is something that allows us to go beyond what we can see. We heard St. Paul speaking about seeing others according to the flesh, seeing Jesus according to the flesh. And one meaning of that might be that it's, it's what we can see. It's the stuff that we see, that we perceive. We can test it, we can prove it, and so we know it. And that's important. And the disciples could see and know that they were experiencing a storm on the Sea of Galilee and their boat was filling up with water and they were in danger of going down. They could see that. This was solid knowledge. Nothing wrong with that. Faith takes us beyond that. Because faith asks us to trust what someone else is telling us that we ourselves can't verify. We experience that in an ordinary human way all the time. When someone tells us something and we can't verify it ourselves, And we have to make a decision. Are we going to believe them or not? And in this case, Jesus wants to tell his disciples something that's beyond what they can see. They're in this storm. They are in danger. But there's something else that's true that they need to believe, but that they can't see in the same way as they can see the storm and the waves. And so are they going to believe what he tells them? And so what it is that he's wanting them to know is what we sometimes call the doctrine of providence. The doctrine that God not only created the world, but sustains it and guides it. And that indeed, there is nothing that ever happens except what he either chooses or permits. Now notice there's a big difference between those two things. And we should never say that Something that happens must be God's will in the sense of him choosing it. There are all kinds of evil things that happen to them. He never wills evil. But he sometimes will permit evil to happen if he can bring a greater good out of it. 
And so this is one of the things that Jesus asks us to believe by faith. It goes beyond what we can prove. But God tells us, I have the whole world in my hands and there is nothing that ever happens except what I either choose or permit. And I permit some evil to occur when I'm going to bring greater good out of it. And so for that reason, in the midst of the storm, Jesus could be asleep there in the boat. And he could desire his disciples to have that same peace, knowing that whatever happened, even if their boat went down, that this was part of God's plan in love for them and for the whole world. And that if he allowed that to happen, it would be because he was working out something better in the midst of it. It can be a hard thing to believe. And yet we see there in that story how Jesus, in an instant, brought peace. And I bet the disciples later on in their lives, when they would experience many difficult things, might say to each other, do you remember that time when we were on the sea and Jesus was asleep in the boat? And they remember and say, oh yeah. Okay, let's take a different view of what's happening right now. Now I'm going to take a little turn here, and then we'll turn back. We know that this happens to be Father's Day. And there's something connected to the role of fathers that relates to what we're talking about right here, which is that the kind of role that a father has in his children's lives can lead the way or can pose great obstacles to them growing to know and trust the Heavenly Father in the way that Jesus asks us to. Fathers, you have a great opportunity to be a loving, strong, guiding presence in your children's lives that from them knowing you will make it easy for them to know God the Father. One of the saints who might be one of the best examples of this is Saint Therese of Lisieux, who in her famous book, Story of a Soul, describes very well her spiritual experiences growing up as a child. And we see what a great relationship we had with her, she had with her earthly father, and then how easy it was for her to totally trust God the Father. How easy. And so it is, fathers, dads, that when in your child's life you are someone who knows them, who loves them, who protects them, who guides them, who teaches them, and so that they learn day by day, even, even those times that you say no and don't do the things you wanted, that they wanted you to, and then afterwards they realize, oh, Okay, it's because he wanted my best. It's because he knew better. It's because he wanted me to learn something, right? And they'll learn that. And from all of this, and from what you give to them, then how much easier it will be for them to learn to trust God in the same way. Now for all of us, some of us had that easy path in, 
Some of us, on the other hand, were given obstacles by our fathers failing in that way, perhaps badly. But nevertheless, Jesus stretched out his hands and says, Trust me. Trust God. So how can we do that? What can we do when we're like the disciples and what we see is something difficult or something of failure or of pain or of suffering for ourselves or for someone else? And Jesus asks us to believe that everything is in control. What can we do I like to suggest three things. The first is, tell him about it. In prayer, perhaps especially here, come to this church or another one where you're in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, and in prayer, tell him how you feel. Tell him if you're afraid, or if you're angry, or if you're hurt. Ask him the questions you want to know as you want to know why. Go ahead. In prayer, say it, ask it, shout it, and then don't leave. That's an important part. Stay. Say what you need to say, and then listen. Give him time, and listen, and see what he may say back. The answer he may help you to discover, or perhaps not an answer, not always an answer, an explanation at any given time, Maybe he will give you something that will be the calm within your heart that you need in the middle of the storm around you. Tell him about it. He can take it. And then let him give you something in return. The second thing would be to take some time, whether you're in the midst of difficulty or any other time, you know, even this evening, to look back over your life and think, what about other times in the past when there was a storm going on in my life. What happened? Go back there, look at it. See what you experienced. See what followed maybe in the years ahead. I say that because probably in some of those times somewhere, looking back at it now, you're going to discover something that maybe you didn't realize before. You'll get a little glimpse here and there of that greater good that God was working out. We have no guarantee that we're going to understand what he's working out in this lifetime. Very often we won't, but every so often we'll get a little glimpse, like those disciples. And when we do, those little glimpses that we get will so strengthen our faith, will so make it easier for us to trust God when we can't see it yet. The third thing is to recognize that one of the reasons, one of the greater goods that God might permit some evil to occur in your life or in someone else's life is because he wants you to do something about it. The Catechism tells us that even when he washes away original sin from us in baptism, he leaves behind some of its effects. Why? Because he wants us for our dignity to have a share in cooperating in beating down and conquering this thing within ourselves. He could have just swept it all away, but he wanted us to have a part in this battle and in this victory. Just so, 
an evil that you see in your own life or in someone else's life, he may be leaving because the greater good that he wants is for you, who are growing into a saint, to stand up and say, I'm going to do something about this. It takes prayer to discern how to respond to these things. But that may be the case. He may have placed this there for you to reach out in strength and love to make it right. And so let us take a lesson from that robin and that sparrow, or even more from our Lord Jesus, to look beyond what we can see and trust that the Lord has it all in his hands to follow him, to trust him, and so to become more and more the saints that he wants us to be.